Hey everyone, it is Wednesday, May 13th. Glad you could be here. It is uh, myself and Caleb and Steve. Uh, we've been recording some conversations that we're having with regard to revival, the concept of revival that we've been preaching about on Sundays. Uh, it needs to have a ripple effect into our lives, and so this conversation is part of that. We're uh, talking about some topics that I proposed this week, and then we'll, we'll be talking about topics uh, that Steve and Caleb have proposed in the coming week. So hopefully the conversations are kind of helpful. Uh, today I wanted to talk about the concept or the word repentance. It is, um, I think it's primarily a biblical word, or at least in our experience, I think you'd also probably find it like in a court of law. You might be at a, uh, like a sentencing hearing and the judge might say the, the defendant seems unrepentant for the crimes. Uh, so there's probably ways that it makes its way into popular culture, the broader culture rather. Um, but I think when we think of repentance, we're often thinking of an attitude, like I feel bad that I did something rude or mean or said something rude or mean. I feel bad. And I think um, that is a limited definition. I think repentance, should, we should understand repentance as a change of behavior, that I am doing something different. And so when it's translated in scripture, it could probably maybe even be more accurate, accurately translated like conversion uh, or turnaround. I mean, it's, it was a, if I understand correctly, it was a literal term that meant you were going one direction and then you went back another direction. Like if you go out to your car and realize, oh, I don't have my car keys, you turn around and go back inside to get your car keys. And so an attitude should precede the behavior change. But I think sometimes at church or sometimes in Christians, we have a sense of guilt but it is not accompanied by conversion. So when we're talking about revival, I think what we're talking about is the, the whole definition of repentance, where you, you, are, you feel bad, you feel guilty because you've broken some rule or law of God, uh, but then there's actually a conversion or a turning around. And so the verse that comes to mind is, is Matthew uh, uh, 3, chapter 3, verse 8, where Jesus talks about uh, produce fruit in keeping with repentance. Um, so I was going to ask you guys, uh, I confess at, at the first sermon in this series that I have been to revivals and I have gone forward at at least one revival. Have you guys ever gone forward the traditional, uh, you know, end of sermon invitation? Either of you done that? Caleb? No? no. Never happened? No. We're going to have to, we, we might have to change that. We might have to give you that experience. You can come forward at, at, during, uh, during one of the online sermons. You can just yeah, yeah. walk up to the TV. Caleb's too, Caleb's too young. He's a, he's a part of that new generation that didn't experience that. They haven't had that. <laughs> How about you, Steve? No, I, I did. I mean, yeah. in, in a couple of different times, you know, and even, you know, in my baptism was like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Now, it was at camp, but it was after a worship service on Sunday and, you know, and I was moved to go forward. And, and I had thought about it before, but it was something about uh, this, oh, hey, now's, now's the time. You know, just a feeling that was too strong for me to uh, push back. Uh, and, and I think there's, there's other times when, when you, there's been other times for me when I felt like, hey, this is just something that I really need to, uh, to take hold of and not, not ignore. Yeah, any longer. Yeah, so I want to explore that a little bit because I think a lot of people might have had some sort of convicting experience where they felt like, wow, you know, I my focus, like we've discussed in the previous uh, conversations we've had over the past few days, where my I had my priorities wrong or 
things that I should have, uh, idols that, uh, like Caleb, you mentioned yesterday, idols that I had, um, you know, that now are kind of gone and I need to repent um, and there needs to be some sort of conversion. But what, what do you think that looks like in, in a situation where that's kind of got to be done at home, that's got to be done sort of personally in a, in a, you know, in a living room? I'd like to point out this, this is our first dead air. So I finally asked a question that, uh, well, you know, I, I, what I was thinking was, uh, in your, in the newsletter that you sent out, you know, a week or so ago, you talked about how revival, it, it won't be necessarily coming down to the last verse of just as I am, but you said it, it may be in our kitchens or in our living rooms. Uh, and I, I like that thought that, uh, this this idea of repentance, this idea of revival, needs to take place in our hearts. You know, it's it's not just for other people to see, or uh, but it it needs to be something. Uh, it need there needs to be the advantage of that coming down at the end of a sermon or at, at a revival. The advantage is that there's something a little more concrete. There's a moment. Right. That's what I was going to say. That's why preachers do that. I mean, that the whole coming forward, you know, the, the, the history that I've read is that was something that happened with guys like Billy Sunday who had the big tent revivals yeah. and they created the altar call as like, Hey, it manufactured, I guess, but it was a way of like giving somebody something tangible to do because that's right. an element of, Repentance that often gets neglected. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I cut you off. Continue. No, well, it, that, that just, that needs to be the start. Uh, it, it's got to be followed by action. It's got to, you know, an actual change of life. Uh, and, and sometimes we miss that. Sometimes our, you know, repentance or going down forward at the end of a sermon is just a, hey, I'm really sorry. And then nothing actually changes. Yeah. That's not repentance. But yeah. if there is a tangible moment in our heart where you feel God's spirit saying, hey, this needs to change. And, and maybe that's you're alone. You're in the yeah. car. Yeah. Uh, it The repentance part is, OK, here's our tangible moment. But let me act on it. The, yeah. You know what? OK. And then here's what I'm going to do. And here's how I am going to bring about that change in my life. And And everybody needs to sit down and say. All right, one, two, three, four, five. This is how that this change is going to occur. I'm going to stop doing this. Uh, I'm going to start doing this uh, each day so that yeah. this change happens. Well, and maybe calling someone or talking to your spouse or even your kids and having allowing them to hold you accountable to those choices. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think potentially these uh, ideas of repentance at home um, could have a chance to maybe be. Um, I'm trying to be careful with my words, maybe be slightly more honest. Um, you know, I think if you're at home with people that you love and that you trust, you know, on a very yeah. intimate level, um, that would, that would give you a, a chance to maybe be more, um, to, to be more willing to, to open up and, and kind of yeah. share the details rather than I, I want to diminish anyone's going forward when we're in yeah. the assembly on Sunday. I, that's not my, that's not what I'm trying to say, but I just, um, you know, thinking through my mindset, I know if, if I were to ever go forward, you know, on a Sunday morning, I would, you know, and as I'm sharing, I would be very careful of what words I'm using and how I'm, you know, how I'm 
sharing this rather if i'm if i'm sharing with taylor you know i, I would feel completely free to um, be as open and vulnerable as i would need to be for that to come about yeah no that's such a good point um i i know <laughs> growing up i know that i've been in like churches where you know that was just you know brother joe's thing he just went forward at the end of every service it was just what he did and I, again, it doesn't diminish the value of that process of conversion, but we don't, you know, at Woodbury, we don't always offer invitations. We do on, on certain occasions, but the reason is, is I don't want to manufacture um, an emotional situation to which someone responds that is outside of the spirit. And there is something, Caleb, about, you know, and, and Steve, about like repenting in your kitchen. That's, I mean, that's like, that's spirit conviction on a person's life. Uh, that maybe is a little bit different than if you're singing just as I am and, you know, there's a bunch of people and, I, you know, I, and the preacher won't quit until someone comes forward. Um, it, this all makes me think of uh, James chapter one. Um, and he talks about in verse 22, you know, of course, he weaves these themes throughout the book, but it's a pretty well-known passage. But he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. And I think that's kind of the... the um, I don't want to say false repentance, but there, there's sort of, it's the incomplete repentance where we, we hear it and we feel guilty and we feel bad and we walk away feeling like, all right, the, I have accomplished my goal of feeling guilty, but I haven't actually done anything. He, he goes on to say in verse 22, do what it says. Um, anyone who listens to the word, but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. And I think that there's a lot of that where we feel convicted, or we feel guilty, we feel the urge to repent, but we don't actually take the step, the action, the behavior of repentance. Um, and so I, I think that there's the, you know, it's good to go forward at the end of a sermon, but I mean, I, there's something about the, um, the depth of conviction that I, that's uh, of a person repenting in their living room or their kitchen or, mm -hmm. you know, their car that I think speaks to the reality of it, not to take away from anything else. Yeah. yeah. I think potentially just one of the, maybe the dangers of, of an altar call type repentance is that you know, whenever we do feel convicted or feel guilty, which, you know, uh, there are times where we, we should, um, the socially expected thing to do may be to go forward. And if we do, um, I know a lot of people, and I've certainly been in this case, when you see someone go before, like, oh, they're doing the right thing, they're on the right path, and, you know, that going forward, that's a, that's a first step, but it's not the absolute final step of repentance, and um, I think, you know, there needs to be a lot of follow-up, you know, like what Steve mentioned, have some steps in place from there to, you know, to concretely grow. Uh, I think, um, I don't think that would be missed, or I don't think that uh, that would be overlooked and maybe a potentially an at-home conversion around the kitchen table, um, you know, where there's not time constraints. Um, you don't have anywhere to, to go to next, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. I do think that if people experience repentance at home, revival at home, they do need to reach out. I mean, that's part of what community is built for, is to help um, help guide one another through that process. But I think one of the, one of the uh, advantages that we haven't spoke of, spoken of of going forward during a service is like the very act of seeing someone else doing that is almost convicting to other people in the room. I, I remember uh, very vividly uh, an older gentleman in, um, it was a, I think it was a camp, and uh, he was one of the older guys in church that you thought had it all together and would never need to repent. And he goes forward and I'm just like blown away 
in a really positive way. Like I, I gained a new respect for him because I thought, man, if you can repent in your, your 60s or 70s, wow, then I should, I should be repenting in my 20s. And so it was, uh, it was a valuable experience to witness that. And that is probably one of the losses uh, in, in not having the regular altar call yeah, and I, and I think there's a couple of things that, you know, number one, we've, uh, in our tradition, focused on baptism as well we should, but maybe we should focus on the repentance aspect mm -hmm. more because yeah. that carries on for life, you know, yes. past that. The yeah. other thing is that sometimes the going forward or the repenting, we sometimes we look at as a negative stigma, maybe. Yeah. When yeah. I think in reality, it's more like you saying it's gain respect and it is more positive. And, yeah. and if we can see it like that, then we're going to be more uh, likely to say, hey, this isn't necessarily a shame thing. This is a this is a productive thing for me yeah. spiritually. Yeah, I think that's a good point uh, that that it's it shouldn't be about shame. It should be about redemption. Um, the, the kind of the last thing I guess I want to wrap up this conversation talking about is, you know, I, I had uh, the experience, it's been a few weeks ago now where I, I did, I was, you know, impatient with a, with one of my kids or something. And I had that experience where like really quickly I came to terms with what I had done and I felt bad and I immediately wanted to, um, apologize to, to them and say, I'm sorry, that was uncalled for. I shouldn't have behaved that way. And, you know, so I did, and it made me realize that there is a real value to quick repentance. And what I mean by that is it's like, uh, <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's a little bit like answering email. Like the longer you wait, the more awkward it can be to respond to that email. Because by the time you get to like six months or a year away and you're like, oh, sorry, finally just getting to this. Um, it's just, it's kind of like, well, what was the point? Um, and I think that there's like this value to having a reflex of repentance that, that it, it doesn't, it does require, you know, humility and it requires sincerity because I know sometimes I could be tempted to, to offer sort of an apology to someone, but that's not because I feel so bad as much as I want to just quickly smooth the relationship over and not have them upset at me. Um, but I think that there is a real value to like a reflexive repentance where we're quick to be humble, quick to uh, access that part of who we are and and that should be a habit so I mean in theory we should be having like mini revivals throughout the day when we're thinking and doing and, and acting in ways that are contrary to Christ all right oh Steve you had something to say well no I just I I agree completely and it and it, it is really valuable it, it is really valuable if we look at ourselves that way if we look at our lives like that way that that all the little things we do when we're reading scripture, when we're watching devotionals, when we're hearing sermons, when, when we're praying, that if, if we can respond, you know, immediately in some way, uh, then that's just a, a benefit to us for the, yeah. the rest of our life. I agree. All right. Well, we are a little over our time, so we need to wrap up. But thank you guys for tuning in if you've made it all the way to the end here. Um, tomorrow, we're going to talk about a concept that I think is pretty fascinating in, uh, in ways that might be unexpected, and that is the idea of relativism. Uh, it's a word I'm sure you've heard and a thing you've been told to uh, watch out for, and that is true, but I think that uh, there's some things that we need to know about relativism in relationship to revival. So hopefully these are helpful. If they are, let us know, and if they're not, um, well, I suppose you can send us an email, but 
if, if it's really mean, just we'll send it and then repent of it right away. So anyway, we will, uh, we'll talk to y'all tomorrow. Thanks.